Welcome to episode number 44 of the Closeness Podcast, The Female's Sexual Response Cycle. My name is Tari, and I'll be your host for this evening. This is definitely going to be one of the more juicy, explicit episodes you can listen to, so parental guidance is suggested, and it's not for the faint of heart. Today we're going to talk about what happens to a woman's body, mind, and soul as she gets more and more and more and more turned on. Now, you might remember from school a very limited definition of what the sexual response cycle is. It has four phases, desire or libido, arousal, which is excitement, orgasm, and resolution. And then, of course, we have the refractory period, and that's about where it stops. Therefore, conversations like this that we're about to have can be very interesting. Even though they're exciting and arousing and really provocative, it is extremely difficult for most people to have a conversation about what really, really hot sex is, what it looks like, what the different phases of it are, and how to know when you're having it. We're going to break this down into different stages, approximately 10 in total. To do this effectively, the first one we have to look at is a phase where you actually don't want to spend much of your time at all, if at all possible. It's a place that you either want to get out of immediately, cease what you're doing, or escalate with full consent to the next level. And that is the uncertainty phase. This is an area where even a woman herself might have a difficult time explaining to you It may never come up through all of your relationships. It may never come up to you later and after you've had sex. And it may never appear even after you are an ex. But it certainly will come up with other people and it will come up with her girlfriends. And so what I'd like to do is bridge that gap so that everybody's on the same page. Many of you might believe that once a woman is willing to have sex with you, that Everything is a-okay, that you can move forward and the next step would be to have sex. That because she wants to, in some, that what more can you have than someone who wants to? Legally speaking, if you have consent and you've both agreed to do this, technically it is. But that's very seldom the case the first one to three times a woman has sex with someone new. And in many cases, in estranged relationships, challenging relationships, or interactions where there's a lot of ups and downs. You've heard me speak about in different episodes how much goes into a girl allowing you to eat her out or a girl desiring to have sex with you or being willing to. For men, it's almost an effortless task. We can do it and do it and do it. But for many women, even the most open-minded of women, there's this constant fear of being judged, shamed, or made to feel like, and always remember these are never my words, made to feel like she's a slut or a whore, or these types of completely derogatory sentiments that do nothing to help our expansion as humans. You heard me mention in the previous podcast that a woman's mentality is often very fluid, able to fluctuate from one subject to the next and also from one emotion to the next, including being completely happy and thrilled to being miserable, and from being miserable to using expressions like, I love my life, in the same hour or the same day. This also transfers over to sex. Things that happen in the moment, on a whim, or when they're just not thinking. If they're intoxicated, if they're on drugs, if they're just allowing emotion to take over, are often reflected back upon as being regretful, or things that they wish they didn't have happen. And even sadly, in some situations, rewriting the facts in her own head of what actually happened, such as having a nice time seemingly in the evening and then deciding later that it wasn't such a nice time. 
Sometimes women the next day or weeks after will believe it to be both better or worse than it actually was on that night because they've come to different thoughts and feelings about it, or they'll attribute different meaning to it. That's very dangerous territory. The whole thing warrants a podcast into itself, but you don't want to be caught in a place where a woman enjoys herself with you in the evening or seems to be and then completely regrets it or changes her mind or feels differently about it afterwards or even worse during the experience. But for now, what you need to know is that the precursor to the female sexual response cycle is not just a willingness to have sex. It's an uncertainty about having sex. The precursor means, hear this, she doesn't know if she's ready to have sex with you yet, or she knows she's not ready, but for whatever other reason, she's going through with it anyway. She's doing it, but she's not ready. You're engaged in it, but she's not even certain she wants to be there. Have you ever done something that you weren't ready to do before? Have you ever been put in a sport or an activity or been asked to do something in the kitchen or to help your parents with something or a friend with something and you just were clueless about it? You did it and you went through with it. You might have even done okay and you might have even surprised yourself at how well you did, but you really weren't ready for it. And maybe in retrospect, if it was too much, if it was too intense, you wouldn't have done it again or you would have done it differently. And in some cases, you even regret doing it. This is what happens when a woman has sex before she's ready to have sex. It's not a place of arousal. It's not a place of excitement. In some ways, it's a case of her feeling convinced or obligated. For some people, it's a place of her feeling pressured. In other situations, it's a feeling of curiosity or intoxication or excitement. In other cases, still, it can be a feeling of compliance or wanting to be more agreeable because females tend to be more agreeable and non-confrontational as opposed to men. And by the way, your partner could be feeling this whether you've just met her or you've been together for 3, 5, 10, 20 years. She can still feel not ready to be with you. And to make matters worse, there's a good chance that you will have absolutely no idea this is happening. Now, everyone has to take responsibility for their own actions and choices. I will be the first to say that I'm of the strong opinion that if two people are interacting together and one person doesn't want something to happen, but that person is not showing any signs, body language, they're not using any words, they're not wincing, closing down, turning the other direction, pulling back, leaning away, resisting, etc., etc., no negative emotion, no resentment, nothing at all that someone might be able to understand, especially direct communication and words like, I don't want to do this right now, or maybe we should wait, or let's take a breather and watch a movie, or anything else. You cannot expect the other partner to be a mind reader. People are not mind readers. And it does fall upon each person to say, stop, no, don't, Step out of the situation, leave, take your hands off of their body and vice versa. Step outside, leave, scream, yell, cause a scene, run out the door, etc., etc. Anything that conveys that you are no longer interested if you get the feeling that this is not going in a direction that you want it to go. Now, I recommend if your partner is being super tactful and tasteful and listening to you and not being too pushy and not pressuring you into it, that you don't go from zero to a thousand. You don't go tearing out the door or yell at them or something like that, that you do it with class and kindness so that the interaction can stay sweet because presumably this is someone that you want to spend time with. 
just to volley back and forth. The trickiest part of this is, yes, a woman could actually go through with the whole thing. She can have nice orgasms. She can feel incredible. You can actually have a really good experience, but still something in her, which you really have no control over at a certain point, can turn the next day and she may decide that this is not for her. She regrets it. Intensity can read very differently. So this is kind of the disclaimer when you're intimate with a woman that simply because she's decided to have sex with you and it seems like it's going that way and you might even be in the beginning stages of having sex does not mean that it's all in the bag and that she's all geared up to go and that it's 100% shoe in. This is just the very first moment to know, okay, we're here, now what? How do I navigate her emotions? How do I turn her on? How do I excite her? And how do I know that things are escalating? This leads us right into precursor number two. Read her. Read her. Feel her. Ask her questions. Check in. Are you the kind of man or woman who, when you're intimate with your partner, are you a steamroller? Do you just plow through with a one-track mind? We're going to fuck. We're going to have sex. Because you've assumed the role of being dominant and because she's assumed the role of being submissive, things are just happening and she's allowing them to happen. But is she really wanting them to happen? There's a big difference between allowing it and wanting it and allowing it. There's a huge difference. A difference between letting something happen out of any number of emotions, guilt, nervousness, not wanting to make someone feel bad, not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to get someone upset, not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, and on and on and on. And yes, a million of these things go through a woman's head when she's evaluating if you should be or are going to be her next potential sex partner. Fortunately, people's bodies do speak. And if you see closed off body language, cringing, tightening up, tensing of muscles, shoulders rising, her breasts or her cheeks aren't turning rosy red. Her eyes look normal. She's maybe not looking at you. All of these things contribute to signs that demonstrate whether she's ready or not. So the second precursor is reading body language, checking in and seeing what's going on and seeing where she is. I like the phrase steamrolling because it really illustrates the lack of allowing a woman to shine. Sex is not a one-way street. You do it together. It's an experience. And even though most women will privately admit that they do want a man to take the lead, be more assertive, and be dominant with them, it is done together. And an exceptional lover is someone who can lead and be dominant while still being tuned in to the delicate intricacies of how she moves and how she's feeling in a moment. And it can shift back and forth. I think we're ready for step one heightened arousal. This means that you're not just going through the motions. There's kissing and then there's kissing. There's touching and then there's mm, touching. There's passion and then there's passion. Where are you on the spectrum? When you're kissing a woman, try slowing down once in a while, backing up, getting out of your head, being present with her and really try to read into how her mouth is kissing you back. Are you kissing her and you're just in your head or in your own world and you're just super hard, you want to have sex, you're just going through a process? Are you thinking to yourself, I'm just going to kiss her and then touch between her legs and feel her boobs and then just put it in? No, 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 no. Because of the way sex is set up, 
it's always going to be that a woman allows you in. No matter how much you'd like it to be an equal experience, she's always going to have the final say-so as to whether or not it happens. As such, wouldn't you only want to be inside of her when she really, really wants you there? Wouldn't you like to, when the time is right, be able to slide right in effortlessly without her needing to touch herself or without her needing to stretch out to accommodate you or without her needing to slowly ease it in because she's so turned on? Of course. And all of this starts in the very beginning phases when you're gauging her arousal, which usually is happening with a lot of kissing, heavy petting, making out really deeply, looking at each other, making noises. So is she just quietly and calmly making out with you while smacking on gum or checking her phone or if her phone rings she's grabbing it or if her eyes open and she's distracted does she seem closed down or are you having something way more hot and passionate it doesn't have to start with kissing it could be just touching however it starts is it mutual is she wanting to do things back to you or is it just a one-way street? Are you just exclusively trying and prying and pushing and leaning into? Or is it you who's doing all of the seducing? What's going on between the two of you? Sometimes with a shy girl, it will start out this way, where it is very much about you doing her. You're getting her more and more excited, more and more turned on, so that she can be more receptive to doing things with you. Part number two of the female sexual response cycle. And we're still in the beginning phases of it all. We've gone through four sections and you may be with someone who just breezes through all these sections or doesn't tick these boxes at all. She's just instantly right there. That's always nice. Or you may find that each one takes some time. We've felt into her and now we feel like it's a mutual thing. Now what happens when you start to get undressed or take each other's clothes off? Ask yourself sincerely, are you doing all the work? Or are her hands running all over your body, trying to undo your belt or your button or your zipper or take off your underwear? Does she want to take off her clothes? Is she helping you take off her clothes? When you're in this phase, when you see that she's become an active participant and she's taking part in the process, maybe you can see how turned on she is in her eyes. Maybe you can see the excitement in the way that she looks at you. Maybe you see her smile or you see her getting turned on or she's panting or she's making noises or she's saying things like, fuck. Maybe she's getting frustrated and agitated and angsty in a sexual way because things aren't moving fast enough for her. Now you start to realize, okay, I can move forward with this. It's hot. It's exciting. It's passionate. Maybe you've got some heavy making out going. Maybe she's exploring you with her tongue. Maybe she's kissing you in different places and working on your neck or your chest. Maybe her fingertips are touching your chest or she's reaching under your shirt. Many shy girls are timid to undress you, but they might reach under or just kind of tease around your underwear line. And when they're feeling responsive, not all women are, but when they're responding like this, when it's mutual, when they are doing things back to you, hopefully, when she's exploring your body or touching it or recognizing how soft your skin is or how supple your muscles are or how strong your legs are or she's kissing your neck or smelling you or breathing you in or running her hands all over your chest or feeling your very short haircut and running her hands up and down the back of your head or looking in your eyes and giving you kisses all over. Now we're ready to slide into phase three 
of the female sexual response cycle. This is where things can regress just a touch, possibly. I'm not a big fan of pornography, but there's nothing I find more repelling than a guy who has sex with a woman with his clothes on. He's got his fly unzipped and he's having sex with a beautiful naked woman who's being put through all these different positions. She's in such a vulnerable place and he's just like fully clothed. Same applies here, men. Consider that if you're taking a woman's clothes off, she's even more vulnerable than you to begin with because she's going to be taking you inside of her. And now she's naked and you're fully clothed. It's nice to do things in equal steps. So things are going well. You know she's turned on. Now suddenly you're unexpectedly face-to-face with another confrontation. Her own feelings and insecurities about her body, how she looks, how fat she feels, how unattractive she feels, or how beautiful she feels, and this is largely dependent on how turned on she is. It could take a very curvaceous, juicy, delicious, sexually ripe woman who can feel completely unattractive, naked, standing there with you. But once you've really turned her on, she feels luscious and ready and like a woman and like she wants to be ravished. Same person, different heightened state. So when you're both naked, where are you in this phase? Do you sense that her excitement is sustained? She's equally as turned on or have things taken a step backwards? Are the lights too bright? Are the windows open? Is she bringing attention to the external and are things slowing down? So this is an excellent place to check in. Yeah, are you all right? Would you like me to change something about the room? Do you want me to do anything different? What do you need? And if you're going to be silent about it because things are going very well, but they just feel a little less intense, you can continue to take a step back and turn her on even more with more touching, kissing, licking, and of course, different areas and different places. But the big thing to know here is not everybody's super comfortable naked. Not everybody loves their body. and Not everybody is having a great day when they're not feeling bloated or wonderful or what have you. Even though most men find the female form super attractive, more often than not, women are always feeling self-conscious about their body and how they look, including skinny girls, including fit girls. There's just always something. But none of this has to matter if she's turned on and excited enough, which doesn't necessarily mean that you have to try really hard. It means that you are present to how the experience unfolds. As you get to know your partner, does she like silence? Does she like music? intensity? Does she want you to just do it and just take her and become sexual right away? Does she like something soft and gentle and delicate first? Can you be more intense? And this will eventually lead us right into our next phase, intensity. But before we go there, we have to discuss one more caveat that's similar to a bit of a hindrance or a potential roadblock to continuing down the path of sharing incredible intimacy. I'm using language and phrases to express something that stops intimacy, but it doesn't need to be looked at as something to constantly try to overcome or even that needs to be overcome. There's nothing a woman loves more than when things appear to happen naturally. And ladies, I say appear because almost everything is calculated in the man's head to make you feel like it's just unfolding easily and effortlessly. But when roadblocks come up, when hindrances come up, it's worth paying attention to because it's something that requires some sensitivity and some care from you. So what else can happen before things get really, really, really hot? Well, the girl can be struck with a shouldn't. And I shouldn't. Some form 
of guilt, feeling bad, shame. Feel the difference in texture here. This isn't about not being ready to have sex. It's not about not even wanting to have sex. It's about something else in her head that has become very important or very meaningful or conflicting. And so therefore she feels bad about going through with it. A simple example of this could be, no matter how turned on someone is, if you're in someone's parents' house and she's worried that her mother or father or brother or sister might hear, that would be a very big reason as to why she might want to stop or might not feel ready or might not feel comfortable. Maybe you're in more of a public place or the windows are wide open or neighbors could see in or someone risks hearing her. And it's not that she doesn't want to, it's not that the possibility isn't there, and it's not that it couldn't be a very hot and exciting experience, but there's something else that needs to be addressed. And here again, and of course here as well, I would not recommend steamrolling through this or what I would just call foolish masculine minimizing. It's all right. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Chill out. Just relax. Take it easy. Take a deep breath. Oh, oh, take it easy, I says. Just keep your mouth quiet, honey. And ain't nobody gonna hear us. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. All of these just do this derogatory pointed meaningless advice really doesn't do a damn thing to help a woman feel better or any person for that matter i don't know if anyone's ever been under tension or stress before and someone goes just relax what does that do for you absolutely nothing other reasons for her to feel like she shouldn't is that she really wants to have sex with you but she doesn't want anyone else to find out or specific people to find out or feels that she has a commitment towards someone else which might not even be another man it might not even be a relationship but towards a certain friendship or what have you that might hinder her moving forward despite her being ferociously turned on. Or she really wants to have sex with you, but she's had sex with someone else or even two or more people before and she's feeling really bad about being with so many people or being involved with so many people, feeling a little sore or even stretched out. She could be just coming off of her period. She could be spotting a touch. She could also, gotta say it, just feel really bloated or really gassy and not want to have her legs spread wide open with the risk of completely embarrassing herself. And these things will get in the way. Whereas, of course, for men, we're always just like, it's all right, it's all right, don't worry about it. We seem to worry about these things less. But don't forget how critical and judgmental everybody is when someone looks bad. Now, what's fun, however, about this part of the cycle is that there can be a lot of push and pull, a lot of give and take, a lot of building her up, and then an exasperation that she can't go through with it. And there's this one little thin layer of clothing between having sex with you and not. She really, really wants to, but shouldn't. She really, really wants to, but can't. And that creates <laughs> an incredibly fun and nice, albeit maybe frustrating a touch for women, angst, but it creates far more of a frustration for men. For men, it's like excruciating and it stops there. For women, it could be a very, very arousing experience letting this build and this passion heat up, even if another day or another week goes by and you have that tension and you keep holding it in that place, that can be really fun. Until the right time strikes for you to move on to the next phase, building intensity. Finally, number four, and this is where things begin to get really intense and very uncomfortable to talk about and very uncomfortable to listen to because they are super exciting, but are super intimate. At some point, a switch is going to flip on in a woman's mind and body where she is ready to be taken, ready to fuck, 
ready to be ravished, ready to be made love to, ready to have you inside of her. And this is a very, very different feeling than messing around, giving a blowjob, being turned on and excited. It's a primal, carnal switch that gets flipped. Sometimes you can bypass all the other steps and happen to find yourself right in this one because she's just so turned on by you. Now, what's going on in this phase? And what direction, excuse me, direction are you going to take with her? Has she had an emotional day? Is she feeling vulnerable? Is she feeling not so great and being soft and sensual and gentle and slow in her movements and in her interactions with you? Is that what she's craving from you? If so, you might guide the sexual interaction to be something more of a loving, connected, bonding experience. And right here is where having sex can split off into one of two areas. And you can actually fuse and meld between the two areas. Those being having sex or making love or having sort of this relationship type of sex or really hot passionate, intense fucking. And I'm purposely using language like that because I want you to really hear the difference of intensity. It's not that one has to be delicate, soft, romance movie making love, and the other has to be pornographic. It's not that one is right and one is wrong, or one is better. And it's not that you should be doing one or the other. But one has a softness to it, and the other has an intensity to it. I will say this about these two phases, however. One feels more loving, and because love is not as explosive of an emotion, although it can be, as sexual arousal, having incredible sex or incredible fucking can feel more intense, more passionate, more alive than soft and gentle and slower lovemaking. At this point, you should really know where you're leading towards. And sometimes, and this can be really, really challenging as a man, if you've been with a lot of sensitive women in the past and you're trying to be sensitive with a new woman who's just really down to fuck you, you can be barking up the wrong tree by having the wrong kind of music playing or being too gentle or taking your time or really going slow and she's really wanting something like, just give it to me. What does that mean? Because these are two different states, two truly different vibrations, vibes, energetics, whatever you want to call it, acting too much like you're in one side when you're trying to do something on the other can be very off-putting. So if a girl is literally ready to fuck you, she's turned on, she wants a physical experience, and only that, and you're being romantic and soft and playing really like loving R&B music, but you barely know her, if you're giving delicate cuddles and caresses, if you're talking about children, long-term relationships, or you're looking very sweetly and passionately and longingly in her eyes, this can be and potentially could be a turnoff. Whereas for a different vibe, a different sexual experience, it could be a really big turn on. And that's where you really want to read it. If you're about to make love to your woman, if you're about to have slow, passionate sex, then this type of openness and vulnerability can be very desirable. And unfortunately... It's right here in these types of moments where most women do not want you to ask, honey, are you feeling like being fucked really hard or should I make love to you tonight? You certainly can, and there's nothing wrong with it, but this is where it can make or break a moment. 
you more often than not will be expected to feel into it, but you certainly can check in and ask. And the feeling that you want to check in with is, is this something that feels soft and gentle or more intense and hard and hot? What is soft and gentle? More like making love, more like something you'd see in a movie, something that really involves taking your time. Do you think of it as making love? Do you think of it as nurturing her and loving her? Now, I love the idea of lovingly fucking someone. So, of course, again, it can transfer to both sides. Or does your experience feel like something more hot, intense, passionate, deep, perhaps quick, dominant, aggressive, and perhaps stronger, and perhaps more assertive? As a woman, do you have thoughts like, I want you to do whatever you want to me. I want you to take me. I want you to have your way with me. Do these things come to mind? Think of this as the wanting to rip each other's clothes off sensation. Now that you know, you're ready for the next phase. Number five, if you're going down the direction of making love, all sorts of different emotions can come up. Vulnerability, trust, love, romance, desire, crying, sadness, surprising emotions, total breakdowns, all sorts of things can come out of a woman when you are present with her and loving her. If your goal isn't to come and you're not so obsessed with making her come, but more on guiding her through an experience or bringing her through the moment with you, you can uncover these emotions that I personally think can be more important than just making her come once or twice. If you're really in a loving place, and especially if you love this person, this is where she can have an emotional experience. What are some things you might discover about your woman in this position? You might feel her softening, opening. Everything is opening. Her lips are opening. Her mouth is softer and more receptive to you. She's giving herself over to you. If you've gotten to this point, you've done great. And it's really critical to not make sudden changes or finish all of a sudden, then just get up and go do something else or crack a joke, etc., etc. It's nice to stay in this state for a sustained amount of time as long as you can hold off. It feels good to be in a state of arousal, to be, I really can't stand this word, horny. If you could get to a place where each stroke matters each thrust feels so different but yet so good so continuous so pervasive can you move in and out of her in a way where each stroke is pushing her over the edge again and again and yet with the repetition each stroke feels anew it feels like something fresh maybe it goes even deeper into her soul into her heart into her if you can maintain eye contact with her you can elevate her to another stage yet. Looking at her, loving her, nurturing her, appreciating her, seeing her light, opening her, tasting her, playing with her. All of these things come effortlessly when you're having an incredible lovemaking or sexual experience. If, however, you find yourself on the other side of the spectrum and you know that the experience you're about to have, well, that you're going to fuck. This still requires trust, but the intensity, the force, the directness and assertiveness, everything else is ramped up 
Maybe there is more kissing, maybe there's not. Maybe you're super focused on gently massaging her clit back and forth while you're moving in and out of her. Maybe you're really focused around thumbing around her clit while you're moving in and out of her and looking her deeply in the eyes. This is where you start to get moans and cries and sighs that sound really affirming, but they might sound more like a panting, more like a <sighs> where you hear more of a higher pitch like ah, uh, or sometimes like a whimpering or a higher pitched whine. All good signs, not the final place of where we're going, but we're getting there. This next phase is a challenging one. It's not socially acceptable to speak about this publicly, and it's close to one of the final stages. Of course, if you are someone in a spiritual community and you practice Tantra and you practice moving orgasms up and down your spine and you practice connecting to the divine and you have a whole other area of arousal and pleasure, multiple orgasms probably come easy to you, sex and being open is probably very easy for you, all of this is great, but this is a whole different episode. For now, we're focusing on one aspect of having sex, which tends to be the way most of us do it, but there are many aspects in which you can do it. Strictly to procreate, you can have sex strictly for pleasure, you can do it for God, for source or for the universe, whatever you believe in. You can have sex for the world and the world's growth, yes indeed. You can have sex for each other. There's so many different intentions you can set and ways to focus when you're doing it. But this particular episode is dealing with the way most people in the world are having sex with their new partner or their boyfriend or girlfriend or other or spouse. So what is the next level that you can spill into together? Her orgasm slash orgasms. And this is where things really open up and some of the lines can blur between fucking and making love. Because the more turned on she gets, the more open, the juicier, the wetter she becomes, the more she can share, the more she's willing to do things that she might not have done way before. Like what? Such as touching herself, playing with her clit while looking at you, being more interactive in the experience, saying things she might not have said before, trying different positions she might not have felt comfortable with before tasting things she might not have thought she wanted to taste before until now, swallowing things that she now has a strong craving for. And as you begin to bring her to orgasm, you can experience one of several things. Number one, the moaning or the intensity or the clenching might just increase. And now you are building. The steam train is moving forward and there's no stopping it. Depending on the intensity, sometimes formalities, cordiality, common courtesy, politeness, tact, classiness, and the way a woman carries herself like a lady begins to go out the window from her own volition. If you decide to see things through all the way to the end to make her come, either because maybe making her come takes a little bit longer or it's a little challenging for her, then you stick with this and you build and build and stroke and kiss and love and touch and keep her going. If you're a little more experienced and you're comfortable stopping. You can ease things off, back it up, slow her down, and then let it build up again. This is called teasing. And women hate it. I mean, love it. The more you tease, the more intense it can get. A lot of men don't like this. Some guys like edging, as it's called. But many men feel like they just want to have their orgasm when it's time and not be interrupted. Women, even though she might almost be there, I mean, the most cruel thing you can do is like get her practically there and then stop and then not finish her off. So you build 
and you ease off and you build and you ease off and you build. This is where the intensity factor can grow and grow and grow, especially if you're lovingly doing this. Keep your ego out of it. Don't be arrogant. Don't feel overly inflated because you're able to pleasure her. Be with her through this experience. Don't think of it like giving candy to a child and you're the donor or benefactor of this experience. Have it with her. Enjoy it with her. Be with her. It's going to be more meaningful and impactful when you're present and not doing this from a place of control or arrogance or ego and so forth. All right, ready to go a little deeper? Number seven is the spill. And this is where you get her little purring motor so wet, so excited. You're finding all number of spots and ways to get her more and more excited. You may come across a particular spot that when you rub or bump up against it, it makes all kinds of juices flood down onto you. She might drench you or splash you if you're lucky. She might tell you how wet she is, or she might get embarrassed about how drenched she is. You might switch positions and notice that there's a huge puddle that's made its way down through all of your sheets and duvet covers. You're likely to be very turned on by this, and it's going to be very difficult to hold back and not let go. But hold on, my friends, things get even better. Because now you're getting tapped into something that's even more carnal and primal. You're in an altered state of consciousness. You're in command of her ship. You're helping guide her to a place that she's never been before. This is one of my absolute favorite places to be with a woman. It's where the eye contact absolutely shifts from looking at you and appreciating you or being turned on by you to I'm yours and I trust you enough that I don't even have to think about it. You can do whatever you want to me. You might hear her say other memorable quotes such as, I'm yours, this pussy is yours, I've never felt anything like this before, how do you do this to me, how do you know? The spill means that whether or not she comes, although most likely she will, there's going to be a mess. Her hair could be in tangles, her makeup might be running down her face if she's wearing any. Everything is different now. You have her in a state where she would never publicly be seen like this. But because the arousal is there, because she's so turned on and excited, because she's so excited to be with you, it doesn't matter. In fact, it's hot. It's exciting that she's a mess. It's exciting that she's opening her legs as wide as she can and encouraging you to move inside of her as deeply as you can, that she's clenching sheets and expressing herself every little which way she can. Even if you're making love to your partner, even if you're having a different kind of emotional experience with her, romantic experience, it can still build up to this level. Number eight, the final blow. There aren't really limits to how far you can take the amount of pleasure you can give a woman. It is unbelievable the vast well of pleasure that they can feel way more so than men. I'm sure there's some men out there who are super emotional and can feel things, but for the most part, men feel things with their cock and just kind of in that general area, and women feel things more full body throughout their fingertips. They get tingly, they get numb, and that's where we are in this next section, the pinnacle, the creme de la creme. Fingers and limbs begin to start getting a little numb. Maybe she stops making sense when she's speaking. Maybe her eyes really are rolling to the back of her head. Maybe she makes faces that you've never seen before. This can be especially true if you're in her ass. 
and there's a combination of a little bit of pain mixed with pleasure that creates oddly an exquisite pleasure for many women who allow it to happen with a man who's patient enough and gentle enough noises begin coming out of her that you've never heard before now apologies in advance if what you're about to hear makes you feel a little uneasy rather than the almost gasping or high-pitched sound that you were used to hearing earlier that sounded more like <gasps> now you're getting more of a <clears throat> yes i know it sounds way better when she does it but now what's happening in her body She's hitting an all-time fever pitch. The sounds are much deeper, and they're coming from a much more ferocious, intense place. What's a word that would describe this perfectly? Guttural, instinctual, primal. You're giving it to her in a way where trust is a given so that you can explore her deeper, darker sides. This isn't a screaming porn star. This is a real, authentic from deep within sound of unbridled pleasure. Congratulations, you've finally gotten a woman out of her head. Suddenly, every part of her body becomes malleable, soft, electric. Every part of her becomes an erogenous zone. Things that perhaps she didn't like before, she likes now. Perhaps you can hold, squeeze, pinch, or tug on her nipples a little firmer than you could before or bite them if she likes that. You can be a little firmer if she likes that. Everything can build with intensity and something very interesting happens here. For many women, they can let go of the need and desire to feel safe and loved and held and protected and all of these qualities that are so, so beautiful. It's not that they vanish from her completely. It's certainly not that they become unimportant or irrelevant. It's not that you could become a cruel or evil person, but they stop mattering because that was established a long time ago and you did things right to get here. Yes, now you can do anything with one another. And of course, since I'm publicly speaking to the world about this, I mean within reason, within her boundaries and within her comfort level. We all want to say you have to know where your partner's limits are. You don't want to hurt her. But how do you know where her limits are? you know by having a conversation about it before you get here. If you're in doubt or you feel like you might not know, then you can ask before you go trying to reach these high levels of intensity. You want to keep it an incredible experience, but in terms of flipping her around in different positions and saying things to her and expressing yourself in ways that maybe you haven't, this is the place where all of that's possible. And this is the place where I find you have an incredible bonding experience. You cannot go back from this. You cannot just pretend that you're just acquaintances or friends and so forth. You have this really intense connection. And I think that's very special. When you feel like you've reached the height, the pinnacle of a sexual experience with your partner, then there's still another phase after this. Number nine is the come down. This would be the time where you wouldn't leap out of bed and go to work or jump up and go wash off. She's in a state of being so vulnerable, so raw, so deliciously open, so turned on, so turned out, so excited. It's really important to have some level of aftercare here for most women. And depending on the intensity, the aftercare could look like very, very soft and gentle cuddles, or it could just look like staring at each other, breathing with each other, 
taking each other in, laying next to each other, but it's critical that you don't abandon her. You don't just jump in the shower, rinse off, and especially don't get on your phone or start cracking jokes or do things that make you both leap back into your heads. This is a very distinguishing point. Both men and women have this problem. It feels like if there's just a moment of silence, it's somehow perceived as awkward, or if you're experiencing deep sensuality, that you have to ruffle it all up and say something. You don't. Just be there. Just be with her. Yes, you can be silly and wind up saying something like, well, that was fun, or so, what next? Or something that starts dialogue again, but it doesn't need to happen. We're trying to stay out of your head and into your heart. Now, if you happen to have come as well, you can spoon each other, fall asleep in each other's arms, snuggle up. You can have her fall asleep with her head on your chest, something like this, but allow everything to calm down. Catch your breath, have some water, kiss each other softly, caress each other's skin, hold each other, look at each other, smile at each other, see one another. When the time is right, if you have a wet washcloth or some wipes nearby, if things are really, really sticky and wet, make it so they're palatable. You can lay somewhere comfortably. Women can sustain being in this place of heightened arousal for a good period after you've had sex. It can be very exciting to just ruminate on, look at what your body did, look at what it created from us being together. How exciting. There is one caveat to these moments of aftercare, and that's if you truly are with a masculine-oriented woman, someone who's highly logical, or someone who you've noticed that through your sexual experiences she likes to leap up out of bed. Now, in some cases, this can be a bad habit, and you can remind her, hey, you don't have to rush out the door. You don't have to leave and get ready. You don't have to wash up. You can just be here and try that a few times and see if she likes it. But some women really are made where they just feel like, that's it. I'm done. What's happening next? Very much like a man's consciousness. Just, I came, I'm satisfied. That was awesome. And now let's go climbing. However it goes for aftercare, once you've had an experience like this that involves all of these phases of the female sexual response cycle, whether you've known someone for five seconds or five minutes, an hour or two, a day or two, a week or two, or 20 years, when you've given someone an experience like this, you have seriously imprinted on one another. You've bonded. You have achieved a level of depth that goes beyond words. Doesn't mean you know everything about the person. Doesn't mean they might be a horrible match for you in terms of a relationship, or it could be an incredible love affair. But there's something about this level that's really, really special. Really try not to bring in the jokes and the chit chat. She might even try to do the same. Just play around once in a while with what it's like to be in that space of the aftermath of it all. Then go on a walk, get into nature, let some light in, open the windows, turn on a fan, take a shower. These experiences, these are the ones you want to savor. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, a rather brief summary of the female sexual response cycle. If you find yourself in a position after listening to this where you'd like to learn more about yourself, I strongly recommend my 12-week coaching program. Sessions are available in person in San Diego or via Skype or FaceTime or any other social media platform. She, 
whoever she is will thank you for it. This was a really good framework for understanding the basics. And of course, there are other dimensions. There are other spiritual levels you can take things to. There's more heightened states of consciousness you can get to before, during, and after sex. There are different tantric practices and meditations you can work on with one another. But this very specifically addresses the physicality of sex, the very physical dimension. It's where most people reside in their practice with intimacy. Not necessarily all steps, but in terms of how we experience pleasure. So I hope this has helped you. I hope it stimulates discussion amongst your girlfriends and guy friends. And I hope that over time it will inspire us to create another episode of even deeper levels that we can go to. Thank you so much for listening. As you know, we have a Patreon page where you can donate to the podcast. Every monthly contribution makes a difference. If you were really touched by this or any of the other episodes that we've created, how do you give back? Point your web browser or your phone to www.patreon.com forward slash closeness. Our website is getclosenesscom You can forward this podcast to any of your friends, or you can find it on Spotify, YouTube, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else podcasts can be found. Let's spread closeness to those we care about most. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.